We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a casual Friday episode. Talk about Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in. Joined by my friend, recurring guest, Cover One Buffalo podcast co-host, Aaron Quinn. Uh, what's going- Do you know what? It's too bad that you're not a... Uh, a Buffalo Sabres have right now. You like shiny things. The, the Sabres are playing really shiny right now, man. A lot of, yeah, they got a handful of like ridiculously shiny little toys out there. Your partner, I don't know if he's fronting or not, but he's certainly enjoying it on Twitter anyway. What's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, no, he seems to be uh, trying to be invested over the last few years. I tried to get into Sabres hockey. I just picked the wrong time to try. I guess now would be the time. My problem now is, I did have the game on last night in between like Christmas movies too. Uh, my kids got a little, a little sick of watching hockey, but we did have the game on for a little bit before I had my show last night. And so Greg was still following it during the show. Um, if they're good, I'll watch. And if it's fun, if I see the pulse of uh, Twitter and Sabres Twitter being like, oh, this game's going to be a lot of fun. Like I'll check it out. But I only get the I only got the TNT. I don't get uh, MSG network. I have YouTube TV, so I can't watch a majority of Sabres games. So I don't get to get invested in that way but we'll go to a couple games this year like i i really follow the team from standing back like i have no vested intro i'm not going to get on twitter and argue about it. i don't even know really the, the full rules of hockey but i'm glad it twitter is a better place when sabers hockey in my little corner of twitter is better sure. when things are going well and, and it's actually fun and people are excited about it for people who are, are hardcore football fans but not necessarily sabers fans or hockey fans at all but you kind of have a little bit of waning interest, at least. I've been thinking about who I would compare this current Buffalo Sabres team to. And the team I came up with was, and again, if you're a football guy, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about, or at least get an idea. Remember the old Houston Oilers? Like when Warren Moon was the quarterback, like in the late 80s, yeah, early 90s. A lot of fun to watch. Like the Houston Oilers would score a shitload of points, but they would also give up a shitload of points. So they weren't always good, but they were fun as hell to watch. I'm talking about the right. days, you know, Warren Moon and Drew Hill and Ernest Givens and Hayward Jeffries. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what the Buffalo Sabres are like right now. Like they score a pile of goals. In fact, right. they actually have the most goals in the entire NHL right now. Crazy. But they also give up amongst the most goals in the NHL. And they got a handful of, of star players. 
you, you know what's funny too? I was doing a little bit of a, when I thought of that Houston Oilers take, and I actually thought of this last night, I was jotting down a couple notes. Remember Drew Hill? He's a wide receiver. Not Drew Hill like the awesome R&B group that we both like. I'm talking about the wide receiver, Drew Hill. No. Well, I'm, gonna look him up I'm right glad now. you said no because I could barely remember him either. So here's the thing. This dude might be the most low-key, really good wide receiver of I'm anyone ever. Look him up because you know what you're going to find? He played with the Houston Oilers for seven years. Five 1,000-yard receiving yard seasons. Five. And the other two were 989 and 938. He had 47 touchdowns. I can barely even remember Drew Hill from back in those days. But this dude right. lit it up for Houston, man. Around 12 pick with the 328th pick. Imagine having 12 round drafts. Yeah. But it's like, That's you know, wild. we talk about great receivers from different eras. When do you ever hear the name Drew Hill? Again, if it ain't R&B music, I, I'm not trying to you know, be funny because I barely remember him either. Was, holy shit, though. He was really good. I'm not seeing the yardage listed out. There's not a lot. Not like Wikipedia doesn't have much on this guy. He's got the two Pro Bowl seasons, 88. 5,000 yard seasons he had with Houston. And then again, wow. they had Ernest Gibbons, Hayward Jefferson. Kind of like the Sabres right now. They got Tage Thompson and Skinner and Rasmus Dahlin. These guys are piling on points. But right. you get to the to back half of their roster and you get nothing from it. It's kind of like what the Houston Oilers were. Anyway, by the way, my antenna went up. When you were talking about this, you said Christmas movie. Are you watching new Christmas movies or are you watching like Here, the classics? Also, he in that five seasons, it was a stretch of seven. He had 989 in one like year. Nine, so right then, 938 another year. Yeah, well, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Again, you want to talk about all-time like, underrated, all underrated players. You throw Drew Hill's name on that list, man. Nobody Never, ever talks yeah. about this, dude. Learn something new every day, I guess. What kind of Christmas movies are you watching? New ones, recent ones, old ones? So I'm slacking on the Christmas movie scene this year, man. There was honestly, I got spoiled a couple years ago. Uh, my mind's foggy right now as to exactly when it was. My uh, son, my oldest son, was like kind of still just around the house, and we just, uh, my mm-hmm. wife had just given birth to our other son in October, and we she had stretched out vacation and maternity and all their leave, so we had a stretch right through the holidays everybody being home and just sitting around and the weather was shitty. And we just hung out and watched every Christmas movie imaginable. And I'll never get that back. Maybe once the kids are out of the house and I have nothing to do. Uh, but now uh, it, I'm having trouble convincing my kids all the time to watch Christmas stuff. Uh, when Like we try to limit screen time to sections of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. And then some of those sections, they just want to watch garbage on YouTube kids, Ninja Turtles. Like I was trying to get him to watch some old Christmas movie the other day. And my oldest was just like, he was trying to be nice. Cause he knows like, I really love Christmas. I really get into it. And I like this stuff. And he was sitting there just pouting and miserable and that like huffing and puffing to let me know that he didn't want to watch. And I was like, all right, bud. He's like, it's just, it's just kind of dumb. It's just kind of dumb and old. Like I want to watch something new. So we've been a little slack in. I did start checking out the new Santa Claus series on Disney plus with Tim Allen, the uh, original Santa Claus movie series. They have a, like a small TV series. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, I'm a little torn pack because you know how jaded I am about how much creative Hollywood commercials, how they just hearken on nostalgia and they use that against us to push stuff. That's really frankly, not that good of content on us. I'm, I'm talking about the karate kid Cobra Kai series on Netflix specifically, but this is kind of, it kind of reminds me of that where it's characters, you know, 
they bring back characters from the movie uh, like and, and tie it back to the movies and bring scenes back from the original movie just like Cobra Kai does and it just pulls on your nostalgia of Christmas. Christmas is the ultimate nostalgia drug so any show sure. that can pull on those things this does it. Um, it's not a great show but it the kids have enjoyed it. It's a little bit newer feel and look to it from the original Santa Claus stuff and it's good to see them continue on that world. That's one of the better Christmas movie stories out there and then we're catching whatever's on Freeform. So Home Alone's been on quite a bit. Um, Elf has been on quite a bit. All the cl- those classics that run through Freeform all the time. I, st- I still got some time, but so far, every Christmas movie I've watched this season has been brand new. Mm-hmm. It's been a 2020. I didn't set out for that to be like my thing this season, like watching all new stuff sure. and writing reviews up and stuff like that. It's kind of the way it worked out. Pretty weak crop, by the way, this year. Here's Nothing- the thing, man. It's a volume model. Netflix and like all these guys are just pumping out volume models and it's, there's not a lot of substance or difference. There's a few new ones that are absolute instant classics over the last probably four or five years here. Um, but it's few there. There's a lot more just garbage that they've put on. Ain't getting no instant classics this year. <laughs> At least not, not another new one. I, I mean, a Christmas story, Christmas, the sequel to a Christmas story. I, I did you People ever want see, to hate on it? I thought it was decent. Did you ever see the Christmas story that aired on TV? Like maybe three, four years ago. It was mm. with Matthew Broderick. It was no. a live, um, like Broadway no. style live. You know how they do those live right. uh, stories. They did the Christmas story. It was actually really good. Um, it had some of like the cast from Saturday night live were uh, in on it. And Broderick was like the narrator uh, of Christmas story. And it was just, a, it, I thought it was a really well done one, but it didn't never got really any play. And I don't even know what streaming service it's on now, but um, hmm. that was a good one. But instant classes. Did you see Klaus? Yes. Yeah. Last year. Ah, good. Tear, Very tear, good. You're jerking. Uh, yeah. Instant classic. And then really the Christmas good. Chronicles. I think we, you did get on Christmas Chronicles a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right? That was good too. Uh, last year was, so prior to last year, I never really, not never really. I mean, I've seen a lot of the Christmas classics, but there were a shitload of really popular movies that I'd never seen. So I spent last yeah. year watching Catching those yeah. and ranking those. This year, I'm doing brand new ones. Like I said, nothing's really stood out. A Christmas Story Christmas, that's on HBO Max. It's worth watching. Uh, Spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, that's on HBO Max. That was That's okay. one I want to see. Not, it's not okay. Great. It's all right. It's all right. Will Ferrell was pretty good. Brian Reynolds, eh. Brian Reynolds sings, and it just, I don't know, it felt awkward to me. Like, he's a good actor, but it just, and it, and it is a musical to an extent, and Will Ferrell actually sings, sang pretty well. You would think he's a terrible singer because he always sings, like, jokingly stupid on purpose, like his right. stepbrothers and stuff, but he actually was pretty decent. Um, And then the other two that I thought were pretty decent, uh, Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan, on Netflix. I actually did enjoy it. Just a one really dumb plot point that's so stupid. But that's what you get with these kind of movies. Yeah. But actually, I tell you what, man, she she was pretty good. And it was a a nice little tearjerker movie, believe it or not. And then there was one other one on Netflix. Uh I'm looking trying to look it up here because I, I wrote Christmas with you with Freddie Prince Jr. That was pretty good. The girl who was in it was phenomenal. Freddie Prince, it was just kind of awkward because he's always been like that handsome hunk leading man. And, you know, that's what we're used to growing up. And now he's he's the dad of a teenager in this movie. And that was kind of a little bit on the uh, the weird side. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good movie. But, yeah, all in all, not a a great batch of movies, at least I've from what I've seen anyway for this year's. Uh, how's Christmas season been going for you, man? Well, I got a couple questions. 
Christmas right. movie questions for you. One, I saw the other day, I think it was 30 years old for the Muppets Christmas special. Is that um, one you've seen? Muppets yeah, Christmas special? Yeah, a long time ago. I, I don't remember it. I mean, it was a long time It's one time of the better soundtracks of a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, in terms of like when you said musicals, that's one, in my opinion, maybe the best Christmas mm-hmm. musical movie is the Muppets Christmas. But I want to question because my... Uh, it was parent teacher conference the other night. So we had my neighbor came over and he was just hanging out with my kids while we walked over to the school and we were hanging out a little bit before while Christmas movies were on. And I was at like, you know, all of his kids are obviously long gone. He's an older guy and was asking him, you know, do you still hang out and watch Christmas movies? And they watch like the classic classics, like the stuff from the forties and fifties. Right. Right. Um, and so he was like, yeah, miracle on 34th street. And I got asked him, I was like, you ever watched the 94 version, which he hadn't seen. Have you seen both? the 1947 miracle on 34th street. And I've the definitely seen the old one. Have you seen the 1994 version? I don't think so. With uh, Dylan Mc- McDermott. Come on. No, no, I don't think I have. Now that you mentioned that I've Go, heard of it. This is like your Josh Allen, Kyle Brandt, film assignment i want you to go watch the miracle on 34th street 1994 version if you can All find right. it i'll see if it's on a streaming service somewhere it's a really good movie and it, i think it compares well to the original and i think it might be better for people that don't like old stuff right really like, well, yeah i think new entertainment's almost always better than the old stuff just in terms of technology is better yeah. acting's better script writing is better uh yeah it's a really good one and dylan mcdermott was freaking crushing i like him mid 90s right yeah i i you know what dude the mid 90s were blurred to me that was my early 20s early 20s uh, the styles all mid 90s big puffy yeah still hangover from the 80s with big puffy coats and (laughs) overhanging suits and stuff it's i'll I'll check that out man so we're like well like in what december 8th we're taping this it's a yeah i don't know does it are you feeling Christmassy right now? I look I'm at me. not seeing. I'm not. Uh, yeah, you look are drinking. Me. All right, that's probably you're probably the wrong person to ask this to. I mean, you got Christmas lights there. Christmas spirit isn't YouTube. as high as it's always been. I'll give you that's, that. That's that's what I'm saying. It feels again, and you're probably not the best person to ask. Like I said, I'm, if you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, Aaron's got his Christmas lights up in in the background. He's drinking out of a Santa coffee mug, so maybe you're not the right person, but generally speaking it's just i mean i'm enjoying like my tree was up in early november i lighted every night i put on the lights i try to put on a little bit of christmas music i'm kind of in the vibe but i don't know it just i'm driving around the area and i just don't see as many houses decorated as i'm used to it just i don't know maybe it's the weather maybe it's because we got a snow such a heavy snowstorm a couple weeks ago in mid-november and now we've got nothing for a while I don't know yeah, what it I mean, is. The ground it, just isn't, doesn't, it doesn't it, feel that like Christmassy to me right now for some reason. The weather's not great right yeah. here in Western New York right now. It's been like four or five days straight of just like gray, somewhat consistency of wet, cold, 40. It's actually like 40 degrees, but the feels like is like 32. It's mm-hmm. just like my feet. Now I just walked my kid to school and back and got like my feet a little wet. My socks are a little wet. Like they're cold right now. I'm sitting in my house trying to keep the temperature down. Like Western New York's kind of cold and gray right now. So that's hard. It, that doesn't feel Christmassy. But sometimes, man, I've learned uh, the magic of Christmas is true. Those feelings of Christmas are true. Uh, if you believe in them. And I was slow to start this year. It really like usually it's right after Halloween, I'm full go. And it took me a little while to get going. My wife was like, man, you don't have the decorations up yet. Like what's going on with you? So I got a slow start uh, for it this year too, but you really got you, what you got to do is I got a good playlist. I'll share with you. You got to blast 
some Christmas music. You gotta <laughs> get that. You gotta set the vibe if the vibe's not there. And the beautiful thing about Christmas and why it's the most elite holiday is you can do that. Like you can create, even if you're in Florida, even if you're in California and you don't get any of the, the, what is traditionally known as Christmas, you can set that Christmas vibe and get that spirit going. So um, I encourage you to try to jumpstart it. If you're not quite in the Christmas spirit yet, um, because well, it, is special. it is special and it helps you get through this terrible weather, right? You know, Tuesday night, I, I remember it was Tuesday night specifically because my wife and I both, it's not often where we neither of us have anything going on. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm working on some nights. I'm doing this podcast. She's got stuff going on. So right. it's not often where we get to sit down and have a night where we're just watching TV. And I remember it was Tuesday night. I'm looking on all the networks. I'm like, give me a Christmas special on one of these networks. You know what I mean? Whether it's a movie, whether it's a, a, a musical, just some kind of Christmas network special. And there wasn't nothing to be found. I don't know, man. It just, it just seems to me like uh, maybe it's still a little bit too early for that kind of stuff on on network TV anyway, or maybe I just happened to miss the boat on that specific day. I don't know, but it just, uh, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. Well, I don't see it yet. I should say, I, I feel like I'm there. I feel like other people around me just aren't there yet. Like I said, my street, I live in West Seneca and usually I maybe I'm wrong. I mean, last year was my first year back in seven years. Too, I, was in I will Florida, say, man, but... like, I don't notice all that too much. I feel like, the people that consist now have been in my, honestly, you know, what's really cool, Pat, uh, mm -hmm. next week will be a decade, uh, that we got in a car and came up to Buffalo, New York, but I've been here for almost, we moved here like six months after we moved to Buffalo. And in all those years, it's about the same people that decorate year in and yeah. year. You might get a newer person, uh, adding into their decorations, but, um, there's not a lot of us out in where I live. There's a couple of houses that do it every single year and they're consistently doing it. But yeah, I haven't seen more, but I don't think I've seen less. That's a nice milestone, man. Almost 10 years here in yeah, Buffalo. It's a decade, a decade of being a yeah. Buffalonian. Um, there will be a point here because I'm a bit of a nomad. I, I was born in Connecticut, lived there until uh, basically eighth grade, moved to Maine, lived in Maine until my mid to late twenties and out here. So there will be a point here where I cross where Buffalo will be the place that I live the longest, uh, which is kind of cool. This house that I live in that I own is uh, almost the place that house that I've lived in. That's cool. Uh, the longest. So yeah, man, we've got roots. My kids are Buffalonians now. So like roots are, are yeah, pretty are settled now. Right. Yeah. You're a nomad. Your kids aren't though. No, kids, no, they're kids are Buffalonians. Man. Yeah. That's cool. Life. Yeah. Before we, uh, we're going to talk some bills here in a few minutes. Um, you so everyone knows you and Greg do do your podcast. We talk about it all the time, and not everyone. I had to tell somebody in line today at the school drop off. I said, How dare they always got to spread the word, Pat? You always got to be spreading the word. <laughs> Another thing that you've been into recently, which I've taken interest in, and I've listened the last couple weeks because I think it's pretty cool. Tell people who are who are listening or watching this show right now, because in fact, after you hopefully listen to this or watch this early Friday, you're doing a uh, Twitter Spaces. Yeah. On, on Friday mornings at 930. Cover one in friends. You guys are calling it. Take a couple minutes here. Talk to people about that. Because, again, people generally will listen to sports talk from content creators like us, whether it's on the audio side, like Apple, Spotify or whatever, or they like to watch our stuff on video. Yeah. But tell people about this Twitter spaces, because I kind of found this interesting and I've been listening for the last few weeks. Well, one, I appreciate that. Uh, to Twitter. So Twitter spaces has been out for a little while. 
I won't lie. I made fun of it at first. I was like, I don't know. There's been a lot of attempts. Um, there was locker room. I think that's even still out there. There's an app. Yeah. There's been a few apps. They contact us at cover one almost all the time to, Hey, will you guys be a part of this new app we've started? We've got Mm -hmm. the, like, we're trying to get going. And a lot of the times they don't work out for whatever reason. And this came along and it felt similar to that clubhouse, those types of things where it's like, okay, people are just going to come in and listen to you. And people use it and it's, uh, I've seen people continue to use it on the platform. It's not a a hugely used feature or something that people are really using all the time on Twitter. Um, It's mobile, I think only, I don't think you can get it on your desktop version of Twitter. And uh, so we, what we did it for is we have a YouTube channel. We have quite, if you don't know, um, and I haven't been following along with anything that we're doing at Cover One, we have a pretty substantial team. We have podcasts every night of the week. We've built quite a network of content. And uh, we were filling up our YouTube page. We've had actually had to go and create new YouTube channels to support the content. And we have a well of content creators that are also writers that don't have their own shows that maybe have previously had a show. And we wanted to provide a place for people to have a voice and to come in and talk. And even some of the people that are interns with us, our data guys with us, to give them an opportunity to get reps uh, having these conversations. Because you know, Pat, you've been doing this a long time, so you probably take it for granted like I do like it is difficult to get started and putting together your concise thoughts and having those conversations and hitting them in quick uh you know having the ability to get that thought out live and and do this type of thing you know people scoff at it oh you just sit around and talk about sports but you not it's not for everybody and so we wanted to build this as a a sort of a testing ground for our own network and to build, bring guys along sort of like a farm system and, and also allow the opportunity for our guys to make more content, to have opportunities to talk about the bills, not to pat myself on the back. Like I don't need to do the Twitter spaces. Cover one Buffalo does pretty well on our network. Like we could do the show every week. That, that's a lot of work that Greg and I put in just to put in those two shows out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every single week. I don't know how Joe Marino does a show every single day. God bless him. Um, but I enjoy talking about the bills and I have this time slot that I put out for you. And when we did actually you doing this with you every Friday was one of the reasons I did the spaces. I was like, Hey, I got this time slot that works and I did it with Pat and it's an hour and that works for me. I don't want my kids around. Like I can just talk uninterrupted and there's always more to talk about with the Buffalo bills. And the nice thing about spaces is I don't have to get my camera ready. There's no monetary real value for us to do this. So like it, it spreads the word. It gives us free advertising, but it's nothing that um, we're gaining from. It's just really going on and talking about bills. And the, what ended up being the coolest thing about this, Pat, is we've connected with some really cool fans that have been following us for a long time. Sure. And I've never heard them or gotten to interact with them where it's not like on WGR where people call in and they're coming in to bitch and vent and stuff like that. And you're getting the worst callers coming through. These are people that really appreciate your work and have interacted with you for years and are smart, intelligent fans. And they're having really good points in, in, in adding into the discussion. And I will tell you what, dude, there's been some DM messages with some of these guys in the background where it's like, Hey, if you've ever think like this has been almost like a funnel for cover one of like, Hey, like you've got some talent here. If you want to come in and work with us, type of thing so it's a really cool interesting tool that's available and there's no pressure like it's a it's a twitter spaces i can kind of say what i want we can take it whatever direction we want it's really laid back it doesn't feel as much pressure as doing these shows on it's been really good we've gotten a lot of positive feedback the times we haven't done it people start hitting us up uh right after uh the vaughn news like every time there's news if we don't have a show going people are like hey why don't you guys do a twitter space so we're getting requests for it so we're going to continue to do it and i think all content creators should probably take advantage of 
whatever's free and new on social media, test it and, and try it and see if it works. Um, I was I scoffed at this early on and I'm kicking myself for not just embracing it right from the get go. Well, I'll tell you what. And by the way, this is cover one in friends and you guys are doing this Fridays at yeah. 9.30 a.m. And we do, uh, we tried to do one on game days. Uh, we have a pre-game show by the air eight hour. They usually go right around when the inactives get announced. They'll start on YouTube and we try to lead into them. So like we start around like 11, 10, 30, 11 or something like that. What I, as a content creator and you're a content creator, we all to some extent draw influences like you yep. might see something on the video side that you really like and you want to incorporate it into your show or maybe something on the audio side or maybe it's a concept, of, a piece of content that you're like, you know, this is a good idea. And when I was listening to your show, I, I think I've talked to you. I might have DM'd you about this before. I was like, I'm going to draw. I'm not going to draw. I'm just I might steal from you when it when it comes to this. Yeah. And here's what I mean. Like, for an example, let's just say this was a theme where it was like ask Aaron anything and I would take some. And if this was live people could post questions on here and I could put it up on the screen and read it off the question and then you would answer it. Or I could like take tweets and, and take photos of them, screenshots and put them up there and then you would answer them. What I like about spaces, which is pretty cool, is that you can basically, you're in charge. So if you're running Twitter spaces, somebody requests to speak and you grant them, you know, that request on there and then they could talk and they can ask you questions. So that can become a really good form for having like a Q and a where you can let fans come on mm-hmm. ask a question and you can have conversations with these fans. So I think I might steal that concept and f- from your draw from it and use it. And you can drop it as a podcast the next day too. You know what I mean? Like you can we record do. it and, yep. and you can use it like, especially if you got a mixer or like an external one, like I do. I don't know. I just, it's just the concept been, that you do that. I like. We've been putting them on uh, Chris, our producer for cover one Buffalo. If there's like really good spots where, where there's a really good discussion, he's clipped it and put it on YouTube too. Uh, and it's actually done really well. We've gotten some great discussion in yeah. the comment section on YouTube based on people just listening to these Twitter spaces. So if, if you are a content creator, that's listening to this, that's one thing that we're, we don't always do well, but trying to capitalize on is like that sawdust of the stuff you're already doing. We're already making content. We're already talking about the bills. How do we chop that up to make more content, to get it to more people, to encourage more discussion? Cause that's really what drives all this. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a real quick break. Come back on the other side and uh, we'll discuss the elephant in the room. And that elephant of course is Vaughn Miller's ACL. Be right back folks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all of your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn, cover one Friday here, and I'm covering one Buffalo here. We're doing casual Friday here. I talk about full podcasts. I have, you're more even keeled. This is well known. You're, you're, you have the ability to uh, relax a little bit and kind of think and rationalize before you speak on something. I am a horrible, overly emotional knee jerk reactor. We're you're not as bad as our buddy Nate. You're not as bad as Nate. Almost as bad as Nate. Not quite as bad. Nate's the worst. I'm, oh. I'm really close to him, though. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it is what it is. I am who I am. Anyway, so Aaron and I taped this. By the way, you're listening Friday, hopefully uh, early sometime Friday. We taped these Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Had we done this yesterday, this news would have even been out about Von Miller's ACL, right. which is kind yeah. of like the risk when we tape early. But it is what it is. Anyway, so that breaks before practice. Sean McDermott starts talking and. You want to talk about an unexpected bombshell that most of us did not see coming. If you're living under a rock right now, Sean McDermott announced before practice yesterday, Bill's practice. And by yesterday, I mean on Wednesday that during the procedure, Von Miller, they discovered his ACL had to be repaired. And now Von Miller's done for the season. So he goes from being on the Von cast saying that he avoided the ACL, that he would hopefully be back by the Jets game. And then it was, let's be safe and put him on IR. And we all thought that was a smart move, which, you know, turns out that was being a little bit too optimistic, but anyway, now he's done for the season. Um, I'm a little more composed now. Yesterday I was like, the sky's falling. It's just how I am. Uh, right. Right. You and Greg did a show on Wednesday night. Kind of, how did you guys handle it? And what was like the theme and, and, and the conclusion that you guys arrived at? Let's draw from your show. Well, so I think Greg, handled it much worse i think in the immediate reaction although greg gets on the show and does a uh, a very good job i do think he leans more towards you and and not nate nate's in his own realm of emotional reaction but it it took him a while like he was frustrated uh with the day as much of bill's mafia was and i get it like that's the idea of having von miller for this team we saw the glimpses of 
why you got him uh, and the uh, levels of elite play was is absolutely still there in him, but you wanted him for January and February, right? Like that was the ultimate reason mm-hmm. why you make a move and bring in a guy like that. And even when we started the season talking about his usage, my thought in his usage wasn't that he was going to be what he was to start the season, which was a highly used player. I thought that they would take time and slowly ramp him up throughout the year and really get him to where he was uh, basically load management. That unfortunately wasn't the case. They actually, when they started to struggle, they really needed to rely on him more. Um, So it's a bummer, right? There's no good way to sugarcoat this, that there's any good underlying uh, silver lining to all this. Like it's not, it's not cool. You lost an absolute game wrecker on your defense. You've already lost Micah Hyde. Like one, I don't think the average NFL team could sustain losing two all pro caliber players uh, and still be a top contender. That goes to show you just how good of a job Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have done in putting that, this foundation together and how they've built this team that they can like withstand these massive wounds uh, and still be able to be considered by everyone's metrics and everyone in the league, one of the top contenders uh, to win a Super Bowl. Um, I don't think they can withstand many more. Of the, like I don't think they have any more of these like massive, devastating two-star top talent players. Uh, but I do think they have enough talent to really stay in this. I look at the NFL landscape right now, and I see three teams that I think are the elite top. And then there's a, a real big chunk of teams that if they get right at the right time or the matchup is right, like they're very dangerous teams. But I think right now it's Buffalo, uh, Philly, Dallas. I think those are your probably three elite teams. And Von Miller getting hurt sucks, but it doesn't change that Buffalo's still in that clump of elite teams. And then I do believe, you know, Cincy, KC, Baltimore, I think they're all there. Too. I, you could probably put KC in that chunk of the elite teams. I'll, I'll put, I'll put them in that and make that a four. And people are saying since he's there, I think they're still a pretty flawed team, but I think Buffalo is like still a, a good chunk higher than a lot of these teams. The jets who they're playing here this weekend, I think are in that sort of, bubble of if they get hot at the right time that could be a team you don't want to face but I think nobody wants to play the Bills with or without Von Miller and so that's what I come to is I think this defensive line unit is better than they were in that Kansas City game that everybody harkens back to why we needed Von in the first place I think this team's a better team all around than they were a year ago they haven't hit their stride yet I don't think they've played their best football in 2022 yet I think that they're working towards that we see the offense continuing to get a little bit more creative we see that run game get going hopefully they get healthy here along this offensive line maybe you get Ike Bakker back and add him which was something that was a big piece of what they were doing last year when things got going Um, this defense while losing Von Miller is hopefully you're going to get healthier. We don't know at this point on Thursday morning, what's going on with Matt Milano, not being a participant uh, again here this week and Jordan Phillips and Jordan Phillips. I don't think either one is a long-term one, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on here for this stretch, but getting Jordan Poirier back at this point in the season, hopefully you are able to maintain him having Trey white ramp up into being back into being a starting role. Like all those things are positive for where they're heading this time of year. But yeah, the Vaughn thing sucks. Um, the biggest problem with the Vaughn thing is, for me, is, you know, I know Brandon Bean right now and Vaughn Miller is very optimistic about going into the rehab process, but we might not see Vaughn until this time next year. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people are going to try to project where that's going to be. 
my guess with these things is mostly around that year point. We ended up seeing Trey come back almost exactly at the year point, like a week later. I think that's going to be the window, um, which is fine for ramping up to next year's playoffs. Like I think it'll give him enough time to be something, but the last time he tore his ACL, we didn't really see the bond, like that first few games back in Denver. He wasn't really who he was. It wasn't until late in that next season with the Rams where he really got going and Vaughn looked really good for his age coming into this season. I, we were getting more out of Von Miller than I anticipated when they signed him. He's got eight, eight sacks and 10 and a half games. He had, he's season. been fantastic. And they've been, the thing that's going to be missed most is a lot of those sacks are coming on a, th- a second and seven where he makes it a third and long. And now the defense is getting off the field or in that third and long situation, which is what the bills haven't had as a guy that makes the right situational finishing closing sack so somebody's got to step up into that role um but ultimately yeah there's nothing good that comes from losing a von miller um he's been super productive my fear would be that eventually age catches up with everybody injuries only sort of seem to accelerate you hitting that wall and being able to recover you know pat like i'm getting older you're getting older like your body just does change and your ability to do those things if anyone can come back it's a guy like Von Miller who has the right mental mindset. He's a true professional. The Bills have invested a lot of money into the facility they have for this purpose of getting the most out of players late into their career, recovering from surgeries and stuff like that. So this, if there's a situation where it's going to work, it's this with Von Miller. Um, it stinks that he's not going to be there for this potential Super Bowl run this year. But I do think if he can recover even to a percentage of where he was, I think he's going to be able to play out most of that contract still and be a part of maybe multiple Super Super Bowl runs for the Bills. There's things to be optimistic about, and I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer. I'll I'll hit on those too, but circling back to the injuries, look, I know every team suffers injuries, but this year's just, I don't know, man. I've been a Bills fan for quite a while, and maybe I'm just having a hard time. I'm getting older, and I'm having a hard time remembering the past. I just can't remember a year where more things just consistently happen. It's like, what they've played 12 games. What has it been? Maybe two games this year where this team was almost, almost completely healthy. And you look back to these injuries. First of all, losing Vaughn Miller, you're not replacing him. I mean, guys can step up and, and I'm confident that they can, but again, he had eight sacks and 10 and a half games, big sacks. He was on his way to his best statistical season. He had 14 and a half sacks back in 2018 with Denver. I mean, he was living, he was living up to the contract. He was living up to the hype. When he first signed, I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, he's getting up there in age. I'm sure he'll make a couple nice plays. You talked about it. Wrap him up for January. That's when he's going to matter. But he was, I think he was like third in the NFL in pressures this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's played great. Yeah. The injuries to A.J. Epinesa, and we'll never know, but the injuries to A.J. Epinesa and also Greg Rizzo, they didn't play in that Detroit game. They didn't play a couple yep. weeks before that either. Maybe that had Vaughn Miller on the field for more snaps than, uh, than the Bills wanted. And maybe if those guys were there, Maybe Vaughn's not even on the field on the freak play he got hurt. I mean, I know that's whatever. It just injuries happen, and you, you know sometimes they're beyond your control. Point being is he he was playing more snaps than than we thought he would, in part because of other injuries to other defensive ends on this team. Just the injuries have just been freaking. Uh, I will say, yeah, I bet I would. I feel like there might be some recency bias in how bad the injuries have been in terms of like overall, like it's uh, losing Micah is devastating. 
and it happened really early. So that's hard, but you really, you've lost two top end players to actual IR this year. Cause Trey came back pretty early. That was a lingering one from last year. So Trey's back. That felt like it was an injury most of the year. So you had that significant one. Uh, and Mike, I don't know that it's that. I mean, the Miami game is where it really there's that stretch where it was that Miami game, and then you had a couple guys uh, out for that um, Jets game, and then I think the weight of some of the injury news that Josh Allen thing, I think, also sure hung over our heads and had a huge emotional <laughs> impact on us for how significant of an injury it was, which actually didn't end up being anything uh, in terms of an actual injury that impacted the Bills on the field. Uh, and so I don't know, I, I'd be interested to go back and look. Cause I, I was just trying to think off the top of my head, like Milano has been often injured, right? Like in and out of the lineup, you've had Trey white got the serious injury a year ago. Bocker got her uh, guys were get going in and out of this lineup. Uh, Beasley was playing through injury last year. Her Gabe Davis has gotten hurt in the past. Like there, there's always been something that's dinged up and a point of frustration for the bills in the last like two to three years, but they haven't means I think what we're seeing this year is maybe some of the higher end ones are long-term ones. Let's just think about it this way. And again, we won't analyze it, go through it all, but just yeah, quickly yeah. off the top of my head here, you look at this year. So they played only three quarters through the season. Josh hasn't missed the game, but he was impacted for at least two games. That Jets sure. game, that Minnesota or that Minnesota game, a hundred percent. And to some extent, Cleveland, They've been healthy at running back. Gabe Davis has had an ankle issue at yeah. receiver. Crowder is on IR. So the receivers have been all right. Dawson Knox has been all right. The offensive line, Deion Dawkins has missed two games running. That's your stud left tackle. Mitch Morris has missed two separate games. But he missed some way, time. Dawkins missed some time over COVID. Yeah. Right, last year. Like, he missed right. time. Morris had concussions. He's missed time. He only, that Not last year, bench, two years ago. Two yeah. years ago, yeah, that weird benching, uh, whatever happened. People thought he was getting benched. It was a concussion thing. I think, no, they, they won the game where Bates played center, but Morris has missed two separate games this Feliciano year. Feliciano missed a bunch of time. Exactly. Then you go to the defensive end, or defensive side. Again, Epinesa's been hurt. Rizzo, I think that was a big injury. Now Vaughn Miller. Um, linebacker Edmonds has missed games this year. Milano's missed games this but year. they games every year, I feel like. Yeah. Or played hurt, played through injury. There was like two years ago where they were both out for a quarter of the season, and then Tremaine came back and played with that shoulder brace for like eight yeah. weeks. Like, yeah. And then you got Poyer, of course. Hyde's gone for the year. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like it's been worse this year They've, than in other yeah. years. Yeah. I'll tell you what I do like, though. I like the way AJ, AJ Vanessa's looked. I really like Greg Rizzo. I think Greg Rizzo has definitely grown in year two. I think he's significantly better than he was last year. And he was pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, man, Chad Clawson makes a pretty big play every game. So, I mean, he's going to have to now. Yeah. You know, this committee of defensive ends is definitely going to have to step up. but. Uh, I think they can do it. It's just, it's, it's a just good unit. So frustrating, man. It's a good unit, man. Yeah, yeah, you're just you're losing the closer. You know what? Uh, my prediction in the preseason was that uh, Ed Oliver was going to just have a massive boom in in his. He's production. missed games it, this year. It slowed down. It slowed down because of that early ankle injury, and mm-hmm. I do think that now you're going to see as he continues to grow and get comfortable uh, with himself, he, he's become absolutely devastating. Uh, in the middle of the field. And I think that he'll be that guy that steps up in place of Vaughn that is the guy that gets those big sacks in those big moments because he's going to be tough to block, dude. That it guy might be is hitting his prime here. It might be in fair here, not overreacting when I say I think it's important no matter what, but I think it's even more important now. The Bills, they do at this moment 
have home field advantage? Is it mm -hmm. really critical with Alvon Miller that they maintain that? I would have felt more confident about going on the road and beating the Chiefs or the Bengals with Vaughn Miller than I do without him. I think it's really, really important that the Bills maintain what they have right now, the top seed. I that That's a big factor, having to come to Orchard Park in mid to late January, I think, anyway. I'm not, it always was, too, but now more so. Yeah, I mean, I think there is, uh, like, statistically, data-wise, you can't argue that there's um, more Super Bowl champions have had that one seed or had that buy uh, in Super Bowl history, but it's not like a runaway thing, like a teams all the time come out of the wild card and end up being a Super Bowl champion. So I don't think that it's absolutely needed. I'm more of the camp that you have to be playing your best football at the right time and coming into your best football at the right time. Um, there's no magic pill of how to get there. I do think I'm seeing trends with the Buffalo Bills that show that they're doing that. Um, Bengals are another team that looks like they're ramping up here at the right time. To me, it looks like Kansas City's kind of, stalled a little bit at this time um so it'll be interesting here over the next month i'm interested to see miami dolphins because i think that they maybe peaked a little early against some bad teams and that uh, some of the stuff that we're seeing about them may be inflated uh we're gonna find out here in a couple weeks but you'll start to really know who these teams are over this stretch here through christmas we're gonna find out which teams are really the top going into the playoffs but i don't need the bills like if something happens where they slip up a game here um, you know, there's there's some tough ones, right? You got the Jets, you got the Dolphins, you got that that Bengals game is going to be a huge game. Maybe they slip up in one of those and lose that one seed. Again, this wouldn't be skies falling to me. You, all you need to do is punch a ticket, man, and be hot. This is the NFL playoffs. It's matchup based. There's so much weird stuff that happens in the playoffs. Just getting in and having a chance is really good enough. And then let's see where the chips fall from there. I still like us though against any of those teams anywhere. Uh, I, there, there isn't really a team in the NFL, even right now, maybe Philly presents some weird matchups, but I would take the bills against any of them in any stadium across the NFL. I think it's, I, I agree with you. I just think it's important to have home field more so with, with these injuries. I, I'll say this too. I don't know that it's likely because you look at Kansas city's schedule and they would have to really slip because they don't really have hard games left. And the Bills have won, won three in a row. There's five games left. So let's just assume they had to win out because they're tied with Kansas City and the Chiefs play a chump schedule. Now you're talking eight wins to end the regular season, two in the playoffs, the Super Bowl. The Bills, to have home field to win the Super Bowl, would have to win 11 games. I think ultimately they might end up being the two or two or three seed, which, again, to your point, is fine. It's not like they can't go to Kansas City. Or Seahawks, Seahawks are going to beat the Chiefs. You think so? Yeah. I'll give you a hot take. For this week, in fact, this is like my bold NFL prediction. That would be your week. Christmas present, Pat. That's Denver's playing Kansas City at Denver this week. My, my bold prediction for the week is that when there's five minutes left in the fourth quarter, that's going to be at most a one-score game. I think Denver's going to play Kansas that City. Deep, that Denver it's going to be the one game this year where Denver plays – Puts it all together. I, I just feel like that could be coming this year. Here's what I'm saying, man. Everybody's – I'm not having any comment on strength of schedule. I, I've i done this too long, Pat, to be able to get on here and say, like, Kansas City's not going to lose a game the rest of the season. I've seen too many oh, yeah, yeah, NFL yeah. games, man, where I can't put it on it like that. Like, maybe they'll go on a run. They might uh, go undefeated this next stretch of the season. That can also happen, but I wouldn't – not in the NFL, man. Not with division games on there. A uh, scrappy team like the Seahawks. Like, I think the Seahawks can hang with any team in the NFL if Geno's playing a good, efficient game, right? That said, 
who thought the Bills were going to lose against the Jets a handful of weeks ago. Right. Scale one to ten, real quick. Bills can lose, still lose some of those. We're all thinking the Bills are going to run through this uh, remaining schedule, and they could drop a couple still. I remember before the season started, the first seven games were murder's row. The last nine or so were were kick. Not the case. Some teams are better. Some teams are worse than you anticipated. Scale one to ten. Yeah. What's your level or concern of worry for this Sunday? You're playing a Jets team that did win in New Jersey a couple weeks ago. Um, but you're also, you know, it's a Jets team that lost to the Patriots twice, but this is a Jets team that almost beat Minnesota on the road last week. This mm-hmm. is a Jets team that I think anyway is significantly better quarterback with Mike White than Zach Wilson. Mike White's not a world beater, but I think he's much better than Zach Wilson. In the system. Um, Elijah Moore is a part yeah. of this offense again. Scale one to ten. What's your concern going into Sunday? Yeah, man, I don't know. Like, it, I respect the Jets. That's a physical team. Uh, that defense is legitimate. They do have a legit defense. I still think that that offense is questionable. Um, I like some of their playmakers. They can, you don't want to sleep on them. You got to come up and play. I think the Bills know the seriousness of this game. Um, Josh Allen, I think, has a bit of uh, where similar to some of these guys like Brady's and Kobe's. I know I say that a lot where he remembers uh, what a team has done to him or how he feels about a team and he goes out and he's going to get revenge. I think Josh Allen's going to play really well. Uh, I watched back that Jets game, Pat. Freaking weird game. So many different weird moments that just didn't go the Bills' favor in that football game. And they were still in it all the way up to the end of that game. I think that they just finish a couple more drives. I think that they keep the Jets' offense. I think Jets' offense probably puts up a lot of numbers. I think Garrett Wilson probably has a great fantasy day. I think White White will probably go over 300 yards. But I think there will be multiple interceptions mixed in, multiple turnovers. I don't think that they can score in the red zone against the Bills. I actually have the Bills covering the spread. I, I had it 27-17 on the Cover 1 Buffalo podcast. So my on a level of 1 to 10, like 6.5, any given Sunday, they have enough playmakers to hang with, take shots, and beat the Bills. But I think the Bills are on a mission right now. I think they're getting course corrected in a lot of areas they need to. couple quick things, and then we're, I want to finish with our medal stand that we do every week. Um I saw on Sirius FM radio, Sean You Payton, saw or heard? I heard. Don't be a smart ass here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm still getting over being sick, by the way. You made me laugh and a cough came out. That's I, it. I, I've been sick as hell. Sean Payton said that he that he knows that he wants to coach again. Sure. What, what are a couple of fits? Where do you think this guy might end up? If he wants to coach again, he's going to coach again. He should get Andrew Luck to come play. I saw that article about Andrew Luck regretting the timing of his retirement. But um, I would say you got to look at any of the teams that are underachieving. I would say Chargers, even though Staley's hasn't been necessarily on the hot seat. I think that if you got an offensive mind in there to really work with her, I think that would be probably the best opportunity where they just probably need a guy that is a creative play caller to get that offense going. They, They have all the tools there. I think that's probably the highest spot. The Broncos like you just talked about, like that's a good defense. I do think there's things on offense. And if there's a coach that can get Russ back to cooking, maybe it is Peyton. Uh, if he can work within a Peyton offense, mm. um, Cardinals, I could see sure Peyton turning around the notion of a Kyler Murray and working with another short quarterback who does have a lot of arm talent and has a lot of ability with his legs. I think Peyton could be real creative there. Um, Colts are going to need a coach. I don't think mm-hmm. maybe Saturday will hang around there, but that's a weird one because you don't have a quarterback. So he'd be coming. Never have a quarterback. 
They yeah. got to get a quarterback if, that works sooner. But or later. If you're going to get a guy that can either bring in a vet and get a lot out of him, or draft and work a guy, maybe you would lean into a Peyton. Um, I could see the Falcons getting really aggressive. And even though Arthur Smith is a newer coach, that's not like they're still kind of stuck in a rut in Atlanta seemingly. And I could see that in division Sean Payton owned them for a number of years. That would be a big move that would rally up the fan base. It's a big, nice stadium. It's still down in the South. He gets to stay in that division. There's a lot of familiarity there for him. And again, they just need really probably a QB and you could put together a defense down there. I don't know. Some of those teams, but I think the chargers are probably the best opportunity Chargers and Cardinals have immediate success. You're in LA, you're in the LA market. That's that would be a massive win for them. I, I agree. When as you're going through those teams, those are the two teams I was thinking to. Chargers, Cardinals make the most sense. Um I, I don't buy Denver. Just I think Russ Wilson is completely washed at this point. Um Talks I was thinking Tampa, but you know, Tampa's an old team and Tom Brady's 45 years old. He may, maybe has one more year left. My worst take, by the way, coming into the season, I have a lot of bad takes, but I think my worst one was a bold prediction. I said the Colts are going to be no worse than the two seed this year in the AFC. I I thought they had a complete team. That's and a if good, Matt, I said if Matt, Ryan, if Matt Ryan's even like like Ryan Tannehill, good. I said this team is going to be like 13-4 and four this year. What a horrible yeah. take that was. Well, I think the horrible part there is that I think you're sleeping on how good of a quarterback Ryan Tannehill can be. Like, I think we don't – sure. Talk about how good he is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Decent. He's decent. And I'm saying if Matt Ryan was even decent, I I said the Colts could be the two seed in the AFC. But God, I was ever wrong about that. Um, Real quick here, because a tweet caught my attention this week from somebody in sports media, Jenna Cottrell. Yeah. And uh, wrong question to ask you now, because your ass is bald. But she had a a poll up and it said, um, is it okay? I want to know your take on this, because there was a time where you did get haircuts. Um. Is it okay to not talk during a haircut? Is it okay? What, like, what, what's what do you? How do you think a haircut should go? You know, sometimes you walk in and the barber. I talk everywhere I go, Pat. Yeah, you to do. everybody. <laughs> to everybody, it's been a trait of mine my whole life. My kid, I just I told you I came back from the parent teacher conference, and they're like, "This kid, yeah, you're a talker. He has no attention span, and he talks all the time." And I was like, "Oh shit!" That's, you ever go? Do you ever me. go to when you were younger? Do you ever go to a barber or something, and they just. They don't stop talking. It's like you should have a vibe. Say hello to someone, ask how they're doing, and I feel like you should be able to read off that person's answer. And then you could kind of, you know, if they're in a mood to have a conversation or if they just go on and keep quiet and, and handle your business. Yeah, I've never had that experience. I've always had, um, I had a good barber as a kid, a yeah. family friend of ours. So I've never had that experience of like an awkward uh, situation. I mean, I've had them in real life, but dude, I, I worked. I've always worked in the public. I've always, all my jobs have been about having conversations with people. Like that's what I'm good at. So I think even with people that are a bit introverted, I do a good job of drawing them and bringing it out. Like I think like you, like I can have a good conversation with really anyone. You stick me in a room and we can have a good time. Maybe you should be a barber then. You know, I thought about it years ago when I was, I was a bartender um, and working in the service industry and kind of like, Hey man, you know, I dropped out of college and yeah, I was doing different things in that point in my life. And I thought barbers, a buddy of mine that was a barber makes good money, man. If you now I see some of these Instagram barbers, like the guy that does the bills and stuff like those guys, they make a nice amount of money. You get the right clients. Let me, uh, let's finish with the metal. For people who are watching and listening here, what we do each week is I'll just throw out like two different, uh, pop culture, random topics. 
and Aaron will give me and we by metal stand we need someone's going to win the bronze the silver and uh the gold let's start we're going to do two this week cities of the world that yeah. you'd love to visit i asked you this and i've never talked to you about this i have no idea i've never really been anywhere i mean i've been to cities around you know the united states a good handful of bigger well-known cities but i've never really been anywhere outside of the u.s with the exception of course of you know going to toronto and canada and fort area and stuff like that but uh got me thinking like if you could go cities of the world anywhere in this world three places that you'd like to go visit i'm gonna put that on the metal stand for you yeah, this one's tough for me too, Pat. Uh, my wife loves to travel. Uh, before she met me, she was traveling every year. She's actually gone on some very big trips that I won't go on, like Peru. She went like mm-hmm. hiking in Peru with a friend. And so like, I have no interest in doing a lot of that stuff. My vacations that I like are um, resorts, all-inclusive resorts in the Caribbean or somewhere where sure. it's warm and I can just sit by a pool. Like that's mm-hmm. how I roll. That's my style. But there are a few cities um, that I would visit. I was I told my wife about this question this morning. I was kind of hemming and hawing what I would do. And she's like, you're going to pick every city in Canada, aren't you? I freaking uh-huh. love Canada, first of all. Toronto is my favorite place in terms of like going to visit a city. I freaking love that city. I love the food. But I can't pick it because I've already been there. So Toronto would be my top place to go. I think that's one of the even most benefits of living by Buffalo in this region that doesn't get talked about enough. Two hours away. Sure. One of the, a world-class city, an absolute world-class city. Fantastic. Uh, so the other one though, that I've never been to uh, Vancouver. I want to check out Vancouver. I hear that same thing, just absolute world-class, beautiful city. Uh, and the breathtaking view of the mountains in the background. I think that's cool when you're in the city. I've been in Salt Lake and the, the mountains are behind the city. It's freaking super cool. Uh, we had a trip planned that ended up getting canceled. I forget why. Uh, to Reykjavik uh, in Iceland. And that's somewhere where I want to go. Again, like breathtaking views, um, really cool stuff to do in the city, lots of culture in that city. And then uh, the other one would be Amsterdam. Um, and I just want to go and do drugs and hang out in Amsterdam. And that would probably be one that I don't do with kids or maybe even my wife. And I would just, it would be, uh, I would participate in the debauchery and um, have a really fun trip. I went uh, bronze, Rome, Italy, uh, silver, Paris, France. Now, these are all mainstream places. Yeah. Even movies. Hey, I'm, I'm, nothing wrong with them. I've always resisted wanting to go overseas because, I'm, quite frankly, I'm afraid of other countries. I don't know anything about these countries. I don't blame you. You know, the crime in other countries, terrorism, who the hell knows? I'm, I'm afraid of that yeah. shit, man. War. Although but, uh, we live in Buffalo, but Dublin, yeah. Ireland would be my gold, man. I, I really, Dublin's at cool. some point in my life, I, I need a- to go to Dublin, Dublin, Ireland. That's uh, a necessity. You know, it's funny. You were talking about Canada. It got me thinking. My son, my my dummy son is falling for a girl who lives in Fort Erie that he met. You know how everyone yeah, knows. Canadian girls are cool, man. Social media, you know, that's how yeah. relationships get built nowadays. Not like sure. you and I when we were kids. Right. Um, yeah, but you know what? Canadians don't like Americans. I like, I, I told Shane, I was like, you're being stupid, man. First of all, her parents are probably going to hate you because you're an American. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe. Not, I don't know. We get a lot of on, uh, we get a lot of love for our podcast in Canada. Yeah, I, I got some Canadians that like me. I don't know. Maybe not all of them. Do I feel ever, like I'm cool with the Canadians. You ever look on those chartable things? By the way, with your podcast, sometimes it'll be ranked in the most random countries. Like I I, 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 I've been ra- I've been ranked in like peru shit like that it, it's kind of funny anyway um, all right so that, that was Canadians, what, real talk we should do a like best of canada sometime because like i think 
Uh, the best wrestlers in the world come from Canada. I think the best comedians, the best comic minds in the world come from oh, Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Canada is uh, best sci-fi TV and movies come from Canada. There's a lot of Canada. I just don't want, I don't, you know, I don't need my son falling in love with the girl who doesn't right. even live in this country. But anyway, all right. So now that we're done listing uh, any cities in the world and now the Canadian Aaron is done with his picks here about a week or so ago, um, Michael Jackson's Thriller album turned 40 years old. And that yeah. got me thinking for this week. Now, am I limited to just Thriller? But this would be a good category. Michael Jackson's songs, because there's like a trillion of them. I, I hate you for from. this one, dude. This I know, is this actually, one, I was telling my wife, like, why would Pat do this to me? Like, it sent me through a mental... This is this is definitely a, a difficult one, but I want episode. you to put on the metal stand. Michael Jackson songs. Michael Any Jackson songs. songs. So I want to pre the uh, this one is subject to change any given day based mm-hmm. on how I'm listening to Michael Jackson. Sure. I can't stress enough. That's fair. How where the tier that I put Michael Jackson on in terms of music, like he is the pinnacle top greatest artist of all time. It's not even close. The span, the catalog of music that this man has put together from as a child, all the way up into the two thousands. Like it's unprecedented. It's absolutely the best of all time. In my opinion, I I absolutely love Michael Jackson's music. And if it doesn't make you feel the way it makes me feel, man, I don't know what to tell you, but right now my, metal stand for michael jackson songs this is this is hard for me pat i went bronze i went with human nature good song i'm it's, gonna be saying good song no matter what it's just, it, the, the reason i got this on there the, the way i went through this was i wanted to span some different time periods of michael jackson and i wanted to give some different versions of his sound because i think people just think michael jackson is a, like sound it is pop but like you go listen to human nature and then uh my silver which i go back and forth on this one remember the time is absolutely i don't care what mood i'm in where i'm at mentally if that song comes on dude i am up and bopping if you give me the extended version where he's like like going off like oh my god like nothing gets me up like that song the video absolutely they don't make as good music videos anymore with magic johnson eddie murphy what a fantastic video that one was so remember the time's always in my top three and i think absolutely the maybe the absolute best song maybe of all time is rock with you. And I think that it really was a, such a pinnacle transition of kid Michael and sure. young Michael to this absolute icon that he became throughout the eighties and into the nineties. I think it started with rock with you and that song, no matter what type of party mood you're setting, what to, if you're a DJ and you pop that on every single generation is going to get up and dance. It is an absolute banger. It's it, Every part of that song, there's so many different things, and it's all recognizable to everybody. This is crazy because you just picked three songs. None of them are from the Thriller album, which is quite possibly the biggest pop album in the history of music. Mm -hmm. And it's funny I say that because I got three as well, and only one of those is from that album. So between the two of us, six songs and only one from the Thriller album. My bronze is Man in the Mirror. I just I love that song. I, I love that song. Yeah. My my silver is smooth criminal in part because of the video. I mean, those dance sequences are just Iconic. absolutely incredible. Um, and, and again, man, just like you, there's 15, 20 songs that can easily be on this list for me. But for me, the gold, it is Billie Jean. I mean, that that's that might be my favorite pop song of all time, not just from him, from any artist. Of any era ever, I I feel like if Billy Jean was released tomorrow, it would be a hit today. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. very rare. Um, 
What a what a great category though, man. Dude, we could we kind of went down a rabbit hole, which we can't because we got to get out of here. But oh my god, Michael Jackson! I'm just the talk, best. Talk People need to go music. look at his later category or his later uh, catalog. Really? He still he was still making good music when I was in high school, man. That that album sure. in the 2000s, Invincible. Still yeah, 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 yeah. If that guy didn't die, he'd still be making freaking hits. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, check Aaron out on Twitter at Aaron Quinn seven one six. Cover one Buffalo podcast, him and Greg after Bill's games, Wednesday nights. Check out Twitter spaces too. Like I said, that's pretty cool what he's doing on Fridays at 9 30. I know you follow you again. If you follow you on Twitter, you'll see when you do them yeah, yeah. other times. But anyway, schedule Friday, man. Thanks for joining. Thanks Take for having care, me, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.